Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. That we are, James. And today we are joined again by Az. Welcome back, Az. Hi, Az. Wait, as, as take those take, headphones take, off? Is that take thing? those full things off? Yeah, there you go. There you go. You got <laughs> what I was doing. I was, I was doing two bits at once. I was doing the Peter Quill thing, and I was also continuing the bit from the last episode I was on, oh. where you told me that I would just sit here in silence. Oh, yeah. right. While Very we recorded an episode, bit. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. good. We finished recording all the episodes that happened between the last one and this one, so you can yeah. now. Yeah, you can now. Thank goodness. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I've actually, I've been there for all of them. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's been a few. Colin, so, I was watching something show. where someone had orange headphones. Maybe it was The Simpsons. There was something recently oh. where I was like, orange headphones. I was about to be like, was it Guardians of the Galaxy? Was it Guardians of the Galaxy? No. It was Which after our conversation really about orange headphones. If you were like, yeah, it, oh. Oh, wait. <laughs> Damn. Um, all right, so we're kicking back into Guardians of the Galaxy today, uh, if you couldn't tell. But before we do that, as I would like for you to give us just a quick little pitch or what have you um, and talk to us. Oh, don't worry. I'll cover. I'll cover. Go ahead. No, you it's already okay. spit the food out. Did you already spit it out? No, I looked away just continue. in time for you to do that. Okay. Um, would you uh, just give us a quick little discussion on things such as the Hot Cocoa Chronicles, the Chicken Sandwich Saga, and the upcoming Fish Sandwich Fracas? Your new oh. uh, YouTube official, like that's also that's also true, and also being you, a YouTube YouTuber, partner. right? Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of interesting YouTube. Yeah, give news us give us recently. both YouTube things, actually. Yeah, yeah. So on the Scavengers Network YouTube channel, which you can find by searching Scavengers Network on YouTube, uh, I do a lot of fast food related content. The Chicken Sandwich Saga is one where I ate and ranked as many fast food chicken sandwiches as possible. Uh, I am currently in the middle of shooting the finale for that. Um, I actually, I am getting help from the film club at my local college that I teach at. Um, oh so God. that's going to be fun. Yeah, wow. there's going to be some s cinematography in Ooh, there. That's um, actually really cool. Yeah. I also have the Hot Cocoa Chronicles, which is on hiatus, I guess. I'm going to finish it eventually. Um and then there's also the fish sandwich fracas, as Colin said, which is coming soon, um, where I'm going to do the same thing as the chicken sandwich saga, just with fish sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, and com by coming soon, I mean whenever the fish sandwich at Popeye's is available again. <laughs> Did it come? I feel like it came back. It came back, yeah. and then I missed it again. Yeah, Son I, of a I, gun. I, I think I it's Lent, right? Yeah, I was going to say, can I give you a hint? It's yeah. always during oh, Lent. It, yeah. It is Lent. Oh, God. I Okay. So, you know what? I won't wait for it to come back. It'll be at the end next there year. You go. There you go. Okay. Um, wait, at the end next year? Oh, you mean, sorry, that sandwich will be at, at the, the end, end of the series next year. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. And on my own personal YouTube, I just reached a thousand subs. That's Cal's Calzones. And I'm officially a YouTube partner now. Hell so, yeah. if you want to go and watch some of my videos on there, uh, I have a couple of video essays about homestuck if that interests you and then also just like a lot of like really like shit posty stuff um anything that doesn't have like copyrighted material in it i've set to be monetized so hell yeah 
go give me money by watching my videos. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, let's do Guardians of the Galaxy. How about that? Sounds, Sounds good. good. Okay. So today's scene is Guardians of the Galaxy starting at 57 seconds and going until three minutes and five seconds. And here is what happens. As Peter Quill and his grandfather wrangle his backpack and his Walkman, Peter enters the hospital room that his mother is lying in, surrounding by, sorry, surrounded, surrounded by other friends and family. Everyone is crying or attempting not to. It's grim. Peter approaches his mom and she smiles lightly. Sorry, and he smiles lightly. She also smiles a little and asks him, why have you been fighting with the other boys again, baby? He shrugs. She pushes again, and he quietly says, They killed a little frog that ain't done nothing. Smushed it with a stick. She smiles and tells him, You're so much like your daddy. You even look like him. Uh, he was an angel, composed of pure light. And she kind of starts looking up to the sky, gets a little breathy, seeming a little out of it. Um, and Peter's grandfather tries to rein everyone back in. And he goes, Mayor, you got a president for... Uh, got, you got a president, a president for you. Okay. You got a present for Peter there, don't you? Of course. Her hand finds it, but she has not the strength to pick it up. Her father picks it up for her and puts it in his backpack, saying, I've got you covered, Pete. You open it up when I'm gone, okay? Peter fights back tears. Your grandpa's going to take such good care of you, at least until your daddy comes back to get you. There's a pause in the room. She turns her hand ever so slightly and asks him to take it. But Peter turns away, still fighting the tears as best he can. But it's a losing battle. She calls out, Peter? The tears begin, and his grandfather says, Pete, come on. She pleads with him to take her hand one last time, and then flatlines. Pete turns back and calls out to her. There's no response, and the impact of the moment hits him. He cries out, no, many times. His grandfather pulls him back into the hallway. Come with me. Sorry, he doesn't quite say that nonchalantly, but like, there. Uh, Peter cries out again. The doctor rushes by and enters the room. Pete's grandfather tells him to, you have to stay here, please. Okay. And he heads back to the room and to the other grieving family members. After standing there, holding his hands up, like not exactly at chest height, but like they're out as if he is unsure of what to do with them, his feet take over. And he begins running towards the door. I just made a connection to the end of this movie that I had never made before. Oh, yeah? About hand-holding. And I am very pleased with it. Good mm -hmm. job, James Gunn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, fucked up to take a kid out of the room his mom just died in and have him stand there alone. Yeah. Not the best. <laughs> it's not good. Mm -hmm. I think um, it's tough. I, I think that there's things where, you know... It's a little bit of this next thing isn't for you to see kind of situation. Right. And also he um, has a very visceral reaction. And I think that they need to sort of remove him from the situation so he doesn't. Right. But someone like should be with him. Someone like, you know, Meredith's best friend who yeah. is credited as such should go out with like someone should join the boy out there. Not sure. alone. You shouldn't just leave yeah. him there. Yeah. Who knows what will happen to him? I will say, I feel yeah, like that feels... You could get abducted. You know? Yeah, that feels very 80s and even 90s <laughs> oh, to me. Oh, for sure. You know, that like, I mean, I, I honestly, even before then, right? Like, we used to just sort of let kids just like be, if that makes any sense. Like, p parents and people, you just sort of be like, 
I've got faith that you're just going to be okay and fine. Um, but like now I feel like between like a bunch of different things happening and also, I don't know, I think that we got also into a little bit like less toxic parenting, right? Too. To be clear, there can still right. be toxic parents. But what I mean is that like sure. there's there used to be, I think, this sort of mindset of like, they'll be right, you know, versus now parents kind of going, I, it's okay to care about your, your child's well-being and yeah. to keep an eye on them kind of thing. Because I think about how um, I used to sort of think a little bit that like when my friends and I would go outside and play for like hours on end, there wasn't a single adult around. So I was like, oh, we were fine. But like there was at least one parent basically watching us from a window mm. at all times or like was watching us, I think, without us really being aware of it because they were like, you got to make sure these kids are safe, you know. Um, and I think it's like there were times where I think I knew that maybe they were watching, but I didn't think they were watching necessarily all the time. Um, but yeah, no, they were they were paying attention to us constantly. Um, yeah. And I think it's, you know, just the maybe a little bit of learning from moments like this where they're like, you can't just like sit a kid in the hallway and go just chill here with nothing. And, you know, I just sit there with your emotions. I, I want to be, yeah. I mean, there's, and there's two things that we're talking about here and I want to be very clear um, about dif differentiating them. I think that in the eighties, it was absolutely a thing to let kids just play on their own till like the, the streetlights come out and whatever. And I think that that is something that we could for sure return to. Like I, for my kids, I'm sort of like, don't get hurt. If you do get mm -hmm. hurt, you know, you have, cell, you know, take your cell phone, whatever. But like, I'm not like, you know, they're going to be at the park. That's fine. I can't see the park from my house, whatever. I don't think it's ever appropriate to to do what they, what, what Grandpa Quill did to Peter. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that, yeah, yeah it's, it's tough. I feel like. One of the things that's really difficult about this moment is that, like, I think about how sometimes people make mistakes in this kind of regard. And I don't think it's he's that he's a bad grandfather or anything like that. I think it's no. just, you know, this sometimes is, you think you're making an appropriate choice, but it's it's not or, you know, you're distraught or whatever. I mean, the Pe yeah. Peter not grabbing his mom's hands and Grandpa Quill putting him out there by himself in the span of, of a minute and a half are these, like, lifelong regrets. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. As I didn't, I, I didn't, we haven't let you uh, sort of uh, uh, speak. So uh, I'd love to know what your, what your thoughts were. I just had that big sort of revelation. And I just wanted to share it. That's so okay. I was thinking, um, oh, sorry, I'm just kidding. I thought it'd be funny to continue. Not to speak. Oh, sorry. My bad. I was go ahead. <laughs> I'm looking at you, but you can't I can tell. tell yeah. um, okay, cool. Uh, so, Full disclosure, I watched from the beginning just because it made sense to, sure. you know, sure. yeah, that makes into everything. context too. Yeah. Um, honestly, like young Peter Quill is a tough cookie and uh, I have a lot of respect for, for the kid. Um, I feel like I would have been his friend in elementary school. Interesting. Uh, that was that was a thought that I had watching this. I was like, hmm. you know. He's the kind of kid who I would have hung out with growing up, you know, like sticking up for the frogs mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. Um, but even so, he still just like looks so helpless yeah. in the hallway. Yeah. Like there's there's just nothing that he can do, you know. They film it like a music video where like they're kind rolling of, yeah. away and he's yeah. sort of it, like, yeah. Which I think I is like thematic yeah, it's for good. him though too, which I think is very oh, good. It's yeah. good cinematography, yeah. yeah. Um, um, to, to real quick piggyback off of something that you said as and to sort of like 
put a little context into this sort of thing. Um, I do think that while the Guardians of the Galaxy up until the movies came out were fairly unknown, because I remember when they first announced it, everyone, including myself, was like, who the fuck? Like, why? I was like, no one's yeah. at, you know. But it was it was a smart choice and a good choice, and it revitalized those characters and brought them back to the forefront in a way that hadn't been done. And I've done a lot of reading now at this point on Guardians. I've read through most of the Guardian stuff in the last like two decades at this point. Um, and Peter Quill, I know that the actor that plays him as an adult is divisive um, for folks like outside of the MCU. Um, but I do think that one, he he does do a good job in this in the MCU. I think he is a good choice for the character. Um, and I think that the character of Star-Lord, whether it's the movies, whether it's the comics or the video game, he is genuinely such an interesting character, has an incredible storyline that I feel like I have yet to see them fail him as a character. You know? I disagree with you on one point. Which is? I don't like him in Infinity War. I mm, that's a tough one because I feel like that's we'll get to it at some point. I feel like I get why everyone has issues with that and stuff like that, but I feel like it's one of those things where any if any character did that, I feel like it just it feels different than what Peter Quill usually is to me. I I don't know. It's to me it's also a little bit of like it's there's some remnants of this scene happening, right? Like the regrets and stuff like right, that. Yeah. And I think it kind of boils sure. up and it kind of overtakes him in a way. And I think that is still true to him. I just think it sucks because you don't want to see someone make that kind of mistake. But again, it's that thing of Dr. Strange saying there's only one way. And so I think that you yeah. kind of have to let that yeah. moment happen, you know? Um, I suppose, it's, but it's I tough. don't have to. No, I, no, I fully agree. <laughs> I do agree with that. Like, I don't love that that happened, but it's like, it's the, it a it's the only way and also I think it's a pretty human response if I'm honest I think it's a very human response but yeah to 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 tie it all back in to bring it back real quick to like what kind of a character he is and Peter Quill in general like I think that the line of like him being upset about them picking on a frog for example is also weirdly very powerful for like setting up who he is in the universe after oh, this absolutely. because absolutely. he goes out right. into space and he deals with all sorts of species and stuff like that. So him not only looking out for humans, but like specifically like looking out for things that aren't like him is like a huge defining thing. An affection for green creatures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also. Yeah. Also very good storytelling on that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that like this movie I don't know. It, it, Peter Quill from from any point in all forms of media has been really fascinating. And I don't think, again, I need to be very clear. I have not seen the third movie yet because I told my mom that we would see it uh, when I get home in, a, in like a few days. I haven't seen it either. Um, what I do know is is that simply I just asked one person at some point. I was like, do they ever really talk about his guns like fully? Um, and they were like, not no. And I was like, OK, because the one thing that I really wish we had gotten into because they do it in the comics and stuff like that and in the game is his guns and like what they where they come from and like what their story is and how they are affected by him even um but even outside of that like they do i think a pretty good job of characterizing this character and like i think they this scene is like sets up so much for like a 
truly kind of major character for the rest of like the MCU phases, you know, starting from here on. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I really like this movie a lot and I like this. Uh, it's a tough scene and opening, but it's, yep. yeah, it is. It's good. Um, yeah, it's like, it's a hard watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard watch for like anyone who has experienced a loss and feels like regret about that loss. Like it brought up like some, some deep feelings mm-hmm. that I don't know. I, I don't have to get into them, but <laughs> I, uh, I had a family member pass away a while ago who I was like prioritizing something over going to like visit them because I was like, Oh, you're indestructible. You're not going to be gone. And right. then, you know, to have somebody be gone is just like, mm-hmm earth shattering oh yeah for sure um yeah my i've talked about him before on this show but my dad's dad my grandfather from that side of the family was kind of that as well i don't i had a lot of regrets afterwards of like you know times and moments where i someone had to remind me that like i did do a lot for him and with him and that there were times where i remember like having days off of work when i was uh you know working uh, up in maryland and stuff like that and going I I was exhausted, and yeah, I sometimes would think to myself like I could go visit them, and then be like, but I'm just I'm so tired. I'm gonna take a day to rest, and then afterwards, I had the regret that I didn't spend that time. But it was also like you know he would also understand that I needed time to rest, and that I couldn't just be there every single week and doing stuff. But like you know, it's that thing of I didn't regret it necessarily in that exact moment because I knew that I needed the rest, but also that like he would understand. But once he was gone, I regretted it, you know? And yeah, but the thing is like, we were all there as close as we could be up until the end. But like, it's still that thing of, he was to me also indestructible. I also had that same mentality. And so like thinking multiple times during the final bit, like he'll, he'll bounce back though. He always has. And then knowing that he wasn't, it was like, Oh, life does um, eventually you know, end. And like, and I knew that it ended because I've lost other people, but like, it's even the people that you think can't. Yeah. It just, it, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. hit this. I mean, I don't know. Like, again, we've lost other people and family members, friends, and those hurt, yeah. but like, I don't know. It's the people that you're like, they'll, come on. They, they can't. That, yeah. That always, yeah. Uh, and I think that's also how Peter feels here. I think Peter knows it's going to happen, but like, there's something about him I don't know. It doesn't, he never says it, but he's, it feels that way. It's, it's his, his childlike, you know, he, he's still a kid at this point. Like no kid is ever imagining a world without their mother in it. You yeah. Know? Unless like she hasn't been there the whole Correct. time. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, this sort of scene fucks me up as well because like I, sometimes I watch through TV shows or movies and they'll address losing like a parent or like a, a best friend or something like that. And in my, in my head, Unfortunately, because I'm imaginative and whatever, I go, how will I deal with that same thought, you know? And I've thought about, you know, that sounds really weird to say. I've thought about it a lot. But, like, it is a thing where I think about it, you know, when I'm watching stuff like this where I go, I have to understand and realize that, again, just like we said, eventually you do lose people. And, like, eventually I will. Hang on. That was close. Eventually, I will lose my mom. And, like, that hits hard. That hurts. And it's like, that's, you know, 
nope, hang on, never mind. I can't talk about because I feel tears welling up in my eyes as I say it. So I'm not, not going to go there. But like, it is a thing that hits heavy when that someone, when you can make that kind of connection to yourself and to your own life, it's like, ooh, that hits in a different way. I don't think that it's a yeah. it's a weird thing or something that needs to be excused to to consider. I think that it's actually a pretty mature thing to consider. So I don't want you to like be like, oh, it's it's weird that I think about it so much. Let me tell you, you only start thinking about it more. Yeah, I know. That's that's the thing that I've. That's why I was saying it feels weird because yeah, it's more yeah. of I don't want to admit that I have to think about it more because like you know when you're ten you definitely don't think about it. You know. Yeah. I mean, like, I thought I thought about it a couple times, you know, uh, as a child. But, like, I don't know. It's that thing of, I think, again, especially as a kid, you kind of definitely view your parents as, like, they're Superman or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, nothing can, you know, get them. And people have definitely lost parents as at a very young age. And that can be yeah. devastating. But it's like, you know, I think also about mm-hmm. the Bo Burnham, like, you know, White Girls Instagram song in this regard, like, frequently. Right, where it's like it's this funny meme, but then there's like an actual heartfelt moment and thing that's like very relatable yeah. to everybody. And like I, th- I when I first saw that in um, uh, like in like real time, I remember being like, oh man, like you know, like that's because again, it takes goes away from the funny to something very heartfelt. And then I was like, oh, someday that will be me. And I was like, oh no. And then like you know, I have this heart crushing moment, and then it goes right back into some sort of silly thing. I'm like. <laughs> Funny, you know, I mean, um, so here's a, here's a host. And when was the first time you fully understood death and mortality? <laughs> okay. Hmm. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was oh. a joke. Um, there, hmm. there, there, um, there's a podcast called you made it weird uh, with Pete Holmes. And mm-hmm. he talks a lot about, um, sort of that kind of existentialism and like, the idea of like, uh, where were you during the Civil War, and <laughs> okay. where were or where were you during the 1930s or whatever? That's where you go when you die. That yeah. same place. Hmm. You actually, I was just listening to your podcast in my car today. I've been catching up on episodes, and you referenced that same concept. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and then I also uh, of this podcast, Timeless Scavengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty central yeah. central uh, thought that I have. Um, then I also think about um, like uh, the environment and like yeah. going back into into the environment. And I'm I, like, yeah. I reached a point. I can't remember. I used to have, be able to be like, it was at that point that I I stopped sort of worrying about my own death. And I don't remember what it was. It was I feel like it was a there was a a movie or a TV show or a book or something that I read where I was like. Oh wow, I feel like it may have been a song. Like uh, there's a there's a uh, My Chemical Romance song that that's like if life is just a joke, then why then? If, uh, it's something like if life if life ain't just a joke, then why am I laughing? If life is just a joke, then why am I dead? Yeah. And stuff like where yeah. it's like th- we're here so fleetingly mm-hmm. that like the fact that we get so freaked out about death is it's listen, not ha ha funny, but it's, it's a little absurd that it's like, it's humor. We're here and then we're gone. And it's like, we spend so much time being like, no, like scraping at the, at the ground that's trying to whatever. And 
I think it makes sense, but like, you know, there are little times of, of mortality. Like one, one way to feel your mortality is to try and stay up on uh, slang and pop culture. Hmm. <laughs> uh, one way to like really like be like, oh, I'll die one day. I was talking to my dad about uh, ice cube versus iced tea because mm-hmm. multiple conversations, like multiple weeks now, he's used one when he meant the other one, which is fine. Listen, it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. But I was like, Dad, what do you picture when you picture Ice Cube? Okay, what do you picture when you picture Ice Tea? And then he was like, you know, uh, one way to really feel your mortality is to have this kind of discussion with someone. And it's like, yeah. I have no concept of who that is. And like yeah. one day, presumably, I will have no concept of something and it'll be because I'm so removed from that that sure whatever. And it'll be, you know, Lila will be the age I am now. I'm the age I was, you know, I remember when my dad was my age. Like I, you know, it was like 1995 or something. It was whatever. So it's 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 weird to think about we're all sort of just marching on towards all being dead and then just, you know, hope we're remembered in the hearts of our friends and family. Yeah. Death is not pussy slay. Um, and I, I, I don't know what that means. Yo, that means that's uh Oh, uh Oh, James. No, that, that is slang. And it's not a phrase that I use, but it is something that I've heard other people being. Well, it's, you're the only person I've ever heard use it. So in my mind, it's a Colin saying, Oh, okay. Well, very good. Um, it's a, (laughs) we should, we should put a content warning on this episode. Yeah. It's yeah. There's a lot of like, I think we were always going to probably like, I mean, probably, Yeah, you know, it's it's weird because like mm. there's other deaths in this show that we probably won't probably put trigger warnings on. Yeah, but like, but this is a, this is an like World War Two. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But I mean, like, I think that it's the ones where there is a connective point that I feel like, anything that feels extremely relatable. For example, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. for example, when uh, the villain of a movie dies, I you know what I mean? I feel nothing. No, no. no but I mean, like. <laughs> like, because that's that's a big issue that a lot of superhero movies have is instead of, you know, just arresting someone or whatever, they they kill them because they know that they're probably not going to have that actor back or whatever. So they just need a, a reason yes. to get them out, which is kind of a the moment or it's whatever. Not where but I like, thought you were going. No, but like, I mean, like, uh, I just feel like frequently we kill off our villains, right? And a lot of them, like, you're kind of like, okay good villain or maybe sometimes a bad villain you know but like sometimes you're like great villain but like i don't feel any like emotional remorse or whatever for like them going right so like okay this is, doesn't feel like a spoiler because again it's the very first movie that ever came out obadiah stain oh you know yeah yeah he dies and it's like i i don't at any point go like oh no oh he's dead you know, like, oh, yeah. damn, that's a shame. I I need a trick. Damn, what if we got Obadiah back? Yeah, exactly. I think that you the mourning is 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 already done when you mourn the loss of his. That's a know, good point. Character. Yeah, yeah, that's a good like, point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like with yeah. a moment like this again, it's it's something that like a lot of us uh, either have already dealt with or know that we might have to someday or what have you. Um, and I mean, and, another I, thing to I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I just want to say that I haven't. Yeah. Like I only have one grandparent left of a divorced uh, family. So Mm -hmm. I've had grandparents die, but I was pretty separated from them. And like when my granddad died, my dad and stepmom, it was my dad's dad where they were in India. Mm -hmm. And I was like, should I don't have the money to go to the funeral? And they're like, I don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess, and that's whatever. also tough. Like family. But like I've I've not I've only known like Kristen's grandparents. I've only been yeah. to like Kristen's grandparents' funerals. So I don't I, I I have a little bit of a I'm interested. It's I'm gonna use some words here and they, they sound sort of you know jaunty, but I don't mean I'm interested to see what it's like when someone close to me in my life. Uh, oh, dies. that's understandable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's always a tough thing too. You know what I mean? That's like I was close with three of my grandparents. The fourth one died when I was a year and like two months. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like I didn't have any form of emotional connection with him. Um, I mean, like technically, I guess as a baby, you have some sort of, you know, whatever. But like, I don't have any memory of him. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so like that's always a, a tough thing to deal with where it's like, you know, I know that, for example, my mom had messaged me the other day about the fact that like we had just passed his uh, anniversary, you know, of, of, of his death or whatever. And it was this thing where like what I felt, rem not remorse, but like I felt uh, like bad for, or the, the pain that I felt was more of feeling for her yeah. versus feeling sorrow about having lost him. Cause again, I didn't, I didn't know there's no, there's no connection to me, uh, outside of her, you know? Um, so like, that's an interesting thing to consider as well with some of these sorts of losses, but like, you know, losing, uh, my mom's mom was was very tough uh, at you know, my young age. She used to watch me at least once a week um, during a time where both my parents had something um, every Monday night, um, and I couldn't just be alone by myself the whole time because yeah. um, I wasn't old enough to do that. Um, she was your first then, subscriber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, you know, it, it's there's also been some deaths where like there were some people that I was like, I wouldn't say super close with, but like I was friends with you know, like growing up and that I've lost a couple and like I didn't go to their funerals or I didn't, I was like, oh, that's a shame. But then like moved past. But then there have been some deaths of like friends that like rocked me to my core, you know? Um, yeah. That like, I mean, like like genuinely had me kind of be like, like, I don't know. It's that thing of, I knew people can die at a young age, but there was one that I remember when I was 23, uh, we lost my friend Jason and that one came out of nowhere. And for a long time, I had to think a lot about like, you know, what am I going to leave behind? You know, who am I leaving behind? And like, that was, I mean, I had a lot of growing to do in my twenties as most of us do and have had or whatever. But like, that was, I think a, a moment where I really had to consider, like, I thought I was already changing and doing a lot of good work, but I was like, I, I it might be time to take a better look at that and make sure that I am yeah. exactly who I want to be. So that if I do happen to go, that I know what people would say of me or think of me or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just it made me realize that life is fleeting. I guess is the only way of saying that. Yeah, I mean, since we're getting into it, the the one that I mentioned before was uh, that was my my grandmother on my dad's side, and I was like really close with her, and that was the first time like anyone who like you know I I cared a lot about passed away. And it hit me really hard, and I was just like, okay, well, you know, the way I grappled with that was like, yeah, it was her time and everything, and like, and then the the next like biggest death that hit me hard was in college. My friend Adam, who was two years older than me, got into a car accident, and I was just like, oh, it wasn't his time. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That was my you know wrestling with mortality moment because like. Had he not passed away, like my life would be insanely different right now. Like he was like, he was like prepping me to like 
do stand-up comedy with him like wow. he he was like he was like not touring but he was like going to a lot of like open mics and stuff and he was like building a career out of that and he was like teaching me and then all of a sudden he wasn't anymore yeah. and i just stopped doing that so we can cut this wherever if you want us to or need to but like you mentioned i feel like it was just yesterday that you were sort of starting that again or kind of working on that are you kind of like getting back into it or i'm i'm always kind of workshopping it i don't really have anything set in stone to be honest with you but like there's always that thought in the back of my mind of like oh i should like get to work on this for adam yeah Hmm. like i think that that's something that i would like to do eventually if i can you know it's it's silly to say like if i can get like a tight five together i would love to do that like in his honor yeah i don't think that's silly to say at all um to kind of take this to a very quick non um like serious moment or whatever i mentioned in the last episode that we recorded with as that my two yeah you episodes that we were recording together uh in one session had a connection and that is that in both films or in both uh episodes they uh both well yeah both films but in both of these episodes they call someone daddy like the the, the word daddy comes out of people's oh. people's mouths in terms yeah. of like their fathers yeah. because they're talking to young children um but it's interesting because one of them is like you know like uh i think it's like they say like she says like oh, like see you later daddy or something like that, or you know, i forgot what she even says at this point but she yeah. she says it though in this one it's the mother being like, your daddy's going to come take care yeah. of you. You know, like, but like yeah. they use it in both. There's actually both uh, there's also the, the last time a mother sees their child. Yes, that's also true. I was also going to say that. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I, I've actually found a, a script for that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode that I'm going to be doing in a second. And uh, they cut it. But when uh, Daniel Whitehall walks in, Hale's like, oh, daddy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but she she's in a, a different way. She's yeah. like, she's like, yeah, hey, daddy. I actually, I um, I do have another thought about this scene that I can yeah. um help r- wrangle us back in. Um, there are a lot of little foreshadowing moments to Guardians too in in this mm-hmm. scene, specifically when she is talking about Daddy. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. like yep. she's like he's a he's a being made of pure light, and you know you're expected to think like oh, it's like she's just like romanticizing him or whatever and like i'll be honest i i not knowing peter quill's backstory the first time i watched this i was like oh she just like fell in love with this guy who didn't care and left her alone or whatever uh no he's like he's a celestial Mm -hmm. (laughs) hey we should make it clear just really quick um this woman who's dying here is the woman with kurt russell uh in behind the dairy queen i like we oh, should make yeah. that clear because that connection. I just want to make that connection very clear because it can help think, us know. I, I think last we time should. she saw last time we saw her, she was pregnant. Right. I also think that it should be clear because specifically he does name her Meredith Quill, and right. this is again Meredith Quill. So like, right. But I just want to be yeah. very, very just clear. in case yeah. that's fair. you, the listener, didn't that's remember. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but uh, um, yes, she was slurping on a chili dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. Outside the tasty, tasty freeze is a uh, distinct and different. It's a, the Pepsi of of Dairy Queens. Yeah, mm. yeah. Pepsi is a in, in relation to Coke. Mm. I know. I just I don't. Ugh. Okay, I don't feel like I agree to that because I like tasty freeze and I 
fucking hate Pepsi. Anyway, um, okay. So, so yeah, go ahead. You have something? Then it's the it's the RC Cola to Dairy Queen's Dr the, Pepper. Oh no, you like Tasty Freeze yeah. better than Dairy yeah. Queen. So it's Dairy Queen is RC Cola and Tasty Freeze is Dr Pepper. Really, I would go Mr Pib. Yeah, we're doing the Dr Pepper because RC Cola is a cola. I just wanted to bring up RC Cola. Fair enough. Cola. Yeah, I enough. like it. Don't you yeah. think that it's weird that no one brings when when people say like ATM machine and pin number? No one. Wait, is it Royal Crown Cola? Damn it. Yeah, it is. Mind. Did you think it was Royal Co- Cola? <laughs> Rolling cola. Royal Cola Cola. Yeah, it's like Cola. Wow, uh, Catman. No one ever talks about how that rhymes. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> That's hang a on. Hell of a I say because for us it's like this doesn't. Hall, this doesn't have to make it in the episode, but um, I don't know if you'll be able to see it. I have oh, a very nice. keyboard on my phone. Yeah. Sure do. Yeah. Um, I customized it. Very good. Hey, as there's a yeah. swing group called Royal Crown Review from the '90s, and uh, if you ever join and do like sodas, or just one specific brand of soda. I could call it Royal the Royal Crown, Crown Review. Review. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to keep that yeah. in mind. I don't think many people remember Royal Crown Review, though. So that might be it. Might be safe for you to use uh, with impunity. I like it. Thank you. James. You're welcome. I'm sorry, Colin. I just needed to to bring a a, a 90s swing revival branding idea to as as soon as I can. That's fine. Yeah, you just want to have a little bit of a zoot suit, right? I get it. So, um. I don't have any more things to talk about from this episode, but I figure we probably have at least an Avengers ensemble. We got a little bit of an Avengers ensemble. Absolutely. Avengers ensemble. Uh, We're going to start with uh, a new segment called Avengers ensemble retractions. Um, I had a, uh, a type, uh, you know, a Westward style uh, autocorrect change for an actor's name, and I want to be very clear, I wanted to make that uh, really yeah. clear. The person who plays Peter Quill, who also plays Stan in It, uh, his, the actor's name is Wyatt Olef, O-L-E-F-F, not Olea, O-L-E-A. So Olef, O-L-E-F. So here are some people that are in the room that we, like, you know, it's sort of like, mm-hmm. try and pick out who's who. Uh, Meredith's <laughs> mom uh, is played by an actress named Janice Ahern. Uh, who is playing Posh Lady in the upcoming Batgirl show or movie? It didn't uh, say. Not coming out. Okay, so it's it's one of those IMDb upcoming because no one's updated it. Got it. Yeah, I think it's. it's I think it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'll yeah. ever fully call it canceled, but they. I don't know. Yeah, they canceled okay. it. Um. Well, okay. Um. Wait, anyways, okay, yes. So she would have played Posh Lady, yeah. uh, which of course was uh, the old version of Victoria Beckham's character. Um, gosh, Spice Girl. So uh, Meredith's brother is played by an actor named Solomon Mousley, which does sound like a name of a character in a cartoon. It does. Um, and uh, like a like a like a red wall character, Solomon Mousley mm. would like like get k- brutally killed. Um, you're Red Redwall. So uh, Rocket Man, he was in the movie Rocket Man, um, okay. which I counted as nerdy slash comic book related yeah. because Elton John is the closest to a comic book character we have in the music world. 
That's not true. <laughs> David Bowie actually beats him, but whatever. I would say you know. David Bowie, Elton John, and like Alice Cooper a little bit. Like there's listen, and like Freddie Mercury. Even I would little say Freddie Mercury. I would yeah. say if the four of them Noir. were like a mm, sure, I guess they might be the villains. But I feel like if you had them join up as like a superhero team, like they could be Guardians of the Galaxy type situation. Sure, Marilyn Manson's probably a villain. Like a space yeah. cowboys version of uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. They were they were very much like the seventies uh, version of Guardians for sure, and then also Rocket was just there, or maybe Groot. You know, and they're just like it's these four actual musicians, and then Groot. And Groot, Groot was like an animated cartoon, like it yeah. was like a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit sort of deal. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah, he's colored colored over yeah. like or Muppet the... probably, mm-hmm. which was the version of animation in the seventies. Mm. So um, uh, then yeah, Meredith's for... best friend is played by a woman named Lindsay Morton. And we got an NRNS, no real nerdy stuff on Lindsay mm. Moore. Uh, and then Dr. Fitzgibbon, a doctor that is so briefly on the screen that I had to rewatch it to make sure that he was in this scene. <laughs> yeah, he goes past him. Uh, a fully named uh, man who we see for far about the same amount of time as Meredith's mom, Meredith's mom and Meredith's best friend. That's fine. Uh, is played by a guy named Robin Firth who was in the uh, Batman Arkham Knight video game as hmm. needed voices for that. Cool. And that is your Avengers Ensemble. Oh, you you seem to have forgotten um, Peter's unnamed uncle played by Azalea Calzone. Oh, I did. You know, I, I, had, I, had, I don't have the special edition, uh, the CGI'd uh, version. Yeah. There. yeah. As if yeah. you can green screen yeah. yourself into a clip of this movie you should or green screen uh sebastian shaw into the movie too because that'd be funny he's the guy that played uh uh luke's he played anakin skywalker before they put hayden christensen in he's the guy that played the uh yeah so it's like green screening people in and out of places sure okay wait sebastian shaw is the name of the of the guy in the hellfire club sorry Sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. I So if I if I can make a convincing Oh no. Photoshop oh. of of myself in In that scene. This yeah, scene I'll put it up. I'll put everybody. it up as one of the pictures for the episode. Yeah. Cool. And just not mention yeah. it at yeah. all. Hey. Cool. Uh, all right. You want to know a fun fact? I do. The actor who played Anakin Skywalker in Return of the Jedi that was briefly there but then was replaced by Hayden Christensen, Christensen was named Sebastian Shaw. Which is also the name of the uh, of the guy that is in the Hellfire Club that uh, Emma Frost is up against. He's like the the White King or the Black King or whatever. So that's a fun thing that the names are the same. I, when you said Hellfire Club, I thought you were talking about the Stranger Things, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. same for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, folks, shall we put the kid out in the hallway? Yes. Better than throwing him in the river. That, listen, yeah, that's true. Uh, I do want to just real quick say that I'm really happy that the grandpa put the the present in the backpack as opposed to trying to have a, a reaction to an, a present in front of your dying mom. Like, oh, you know, what if it sucks sort of deal? Good job, grandpa. Yeah. Um, I also, I mean, again, she does say open it once I'm gone. So like, it right. wasn't supposed to be So she then. knew too. She knew yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. So That was a bad gift. No, I'm kidding. She knows yeah, it's a that, bad gift. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, that it, that wasn't the moment for the gift. It was so, it was something to help him remember her by. That's right. what it is. And that gift, that's our uh, that's our Chekhov's gun for this yeah. movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a gun. Tune in, 
in some years to see them fire it or not or fire it up it's just some weed yeah mom she's like this helped me it's 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 our za watch exactly hey did you did you hear the 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 first za have we gotten both of them or 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 only one of them i i heard the first one i heard the first one i was very excited about it very good very good okay hey let's leave let's get out of here let's run frantically for the door um as thank you for being on yeah. and for um taking a journey with us uh mm-hmm. you know this was yeah. this was something uh this was a, a nice episode yeah. i feel like we had a good conversation yeah, for sure uh but it's coming to an end and we have to accept that so so hold my uh, hand no as what nope 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 james won't do it but we won't uh the grandpa does a perfect this is a situation where you need to listen to me child like i don't know why he's acting like this peter come on come on like pitch perfect that kid has kids or that guy has kids um the kid might have kids too i don't know anyways hey as thank you so much for joining us i want to remind you thanks for having me uh uh so that is going to do it for us for today uh as always i am james anderson i'm colin parker and i'm as and werner reinhardt is still in prison Thank you.